Our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside, into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Really nice to be here with you today. It's such a lovely sunny day, be it a bit chilly, as we said. And as Nick said, today we have come to the final instalment uh, in our series on giving. Can you hear me okay? I feel a bit echoey. Is it a bit echoey? Is it because that's too near? as long as you can hear me. (laughs) So, in this series so far, we have been thinking about how we use our money and how that matters to God. We've thought about the importance of heart attitudes and priorities, and as Nick said before, putting God first. And we've thought about how our giving to God is in response of his extravagant giving to us. 
And last week and today, we are thinking about our practical response and the opportunity we have to give of ourselves out of what we have received. And today's passage that we've just heard is one of a number of um, stories or parables um, that Jesus tells to reveal truths about God and uh, explain what his kingdom is like. And in this parable, he compares the kingdom to a man uh, setting off on a journey and entrusting his property to three servants. And the man or or the master can be understood to represent God and the servants, his people. And through it, we can learn some important things about God and about what it looks like to invest in his kingdom. But before we dive into it, I'd just like to invite you to imagine for a moment what it would have been like to be one of the servants in this story. You may like to close your eyes for a moment if that's helpful. Imagine that you've been entrusted with a large amount of money on behalf of someone important. How would you feel about being given that responsibility? What might you do with it? And what would be your priorities in making that decision? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story in your word and for what it teaches us about you and about your kingdom and about your calling on our lives. As we explore it now, would you open our hearts to receive and respond to all that you want to teach us today? Amen. So, there are four key themes that I'd just like to explore from this parable. The first is that God is generous and he entrusts his followers with great responsibility. In this story, the master entrusts his servants with a significant amount of wealth. The version that we heard this morning talks about bags of gold, which feels very tangible. Um, Other versions um, call them talents. Um, So I'll probably use both um, a little bit interchangeably today. Talents were the currency of the day. And although I'm fairly familiar with this parable in various versions, I'd never actually stopped to consider how much a talent is worth. Turns out it's worth 6,000 denarii. That may not help you very much, but that may have been worth somewhere between 15 and 20 years' wages. So particularly given that people at that time lived often very much hand-to-mouth, that is a staggering amount of money. The master gives each servant a different amount, as we heard, and the passage says in proportion to their abilities, or something like that. But even the servant who's only entrusted with one talent, or bag of gold, is still being given a huge responsibility and a huge privilege to steward that on behalf of his master. The second thing we learn is that we are to be proactive with what we've been given. The master in the story expects the servants to do something with what he's entrusted them with. And when he returns after his long journey, the passage says that he settles accounts with them. And he's pleased with the two servants who've invested their money well, who put them to work and have seen it grow. He rewards them for exercising initiative 
by entrusting them with more. By contrast, when it comes to the third servant, the one who buries his gold in the ground instead of investing it, he's not just slightly disappointed. He calls him wicked and lazy and proceeds to take his single bag of gold away from him. Like those first two servants, we are to take the gifts and talents and resources that God has given us and do something with them. If we don't, we will miss out and we may even face judgment for not making the most of what God has given us. What gifts or opportunities, natural, spiritual or material, has God given you? How are you using them for his glory? Or how could you be using them? As Nick said, it may depend in part on our our character or who we are, It may also depend on our season or stage of life as to what we have at our disposal that we can invest in God's kingdom. It could be, for example, that you have a resource of some sort that you could give or share for others to benefit from. Maybe you have a spare room. Garden tools you don't very often use. A car that you only use occasionally that could be a huge blessing if you were able to loan it to someone. Or maybe you have the time to use that car to drive someone to an appointment or to the shops or just to travel somewhere to spend time with them. It could be a spiritual gift. Maybe you have the gift of of intercession really leaning into uh, praying into uh, some of the big world issues that we've been talking about this morning or something else. Or maybe you have a gift of, of teaching or pastoring others or an encouragement, a gift of encouragement or friendship. Maybe you have a gift of hospitality, which, by the way, doesn't mean you have to be an amazing cook. But maybe you're able to make people feel really welcome and that they belong, whether that's in your home or in a group, or in the community. Or it could be what you might call a a natural ability, but is still given to us by God. Maybe you are a great cook, or maybe you're good with computers, or maybe you're good with spreadsheets. I'm sure someone has to be. Or maybe you're good at fixing things. Or maybe you're really good at getting alongside people and forming relationships. And all these skills and abilities and many, many others are needed to build God's kingdom and we all have a part to play. There's no one who doesn't have anything to offer. So why is it that we sometimes don't make the most of the talents that God has given us? I think sometimes it can be out of a sort of false humility We can find it hard to own our gifts and be honest with others and with ourselves that we have them. It can seem a bit presumptuous or or boastful, not very British. Many of us don't find it easy to put ourselves forward and offer something of ourselves. Sometimes it's out of comparison. 
we may feel that even if we have a gift or an ability or an opportunity, that someone else has it in greater measure than we do. And it can be easy to talk ourselves out of using our gifts to serve others because we feel that someone else has more to offer than we do. Or linked to that, it might be out of fear, as in the case of the, uh, the third servant that we heard about in the parable, who admits that he hid his bag of gold because he was afraid of his master. Fear and anxiety can sometimes be our biggest enemies, can't they? And that fear can prevent us from even trying to use a gift or an ability. Or maybe for some of us, we have tried to use a gift in the past, and maybe it didn't work out well, and it's put us off from trying again. Or sometimes it's simply that busyness and uh, the priorities of life have got in the way. Are there any gifts or resources or abilities that you're currently burying for one of these reasons or something else entirely that God might be calling you to invest more fully in this season for his kingdom? There's a quote um, attributed to St. Augustine. Without God, we cannot. Without us... God will not. In his wisdom, God has chosen to work his purposes out in us and through us. So let us not hinder the advance of his kingdom by burying or squandering the gift that he has given us. The third thing I think we can take from this parable is that we should not compare ourselves with others. On the face of it, the distribution of the wealth um, to the three servants was rather unfair, wasn't it? Well, those we've heard, even a single talent was worth a lot of money. The master didn't distribute his wealth very fairly. The one who got five talents had a better starting point than the one who only got one. We don't know whether the man uh, called his servants in altogether and whether each of them knew um, what the other one was given. But maybe that third servant watched as his friend received five times as much as he did. And maybe he resented it. Who wouldn't? We can very easily feel envious and resentful, can't we, of those who seem to have more than we do. Whether that's more money, a bigger house, better opportunities, fewer restrictions, a greater measure of gifting or ability. Whatever it is that feels significant for us. But the issue for the three servants wasn't about how much they had in the first place, but it was about what they did with what they had. And as we heard just now, that the master was equally pleased with the two servants who did something with their gifts, even though the actual amounts that they started with and ended with were different. And it's the same for us. It's not about what we have materially or, uh, or in terms of gifts or abilities, but what we're doing or not doing with those things. And I think many of us, and I would definitely include myself in this, we can be very prone to comparing ourselves with others. When we do that, we're not only questioning God's wisdom in how he's chosen to create us, but there are risks and pitfalls either way. 
Either we compare ourselves favourably with others and we end up falling into pride and a sense of superiority over others, or, as is more often the case, I think, we compare ourselves unfavourably and end up feeling inferior, resentful, dissatisfied, not very inclined to, to use what we do have. So I think as well as being willing to own and use the gifts that we have, we also need to accept our limitations, don't we? Whether they're limitations of ability um, or resource or limitations that are to do with our stage of life. I remember when uh, my children were very young, um, feeling at times frustrated by how small my world had become and how restricted I was in what I could do. Overnight, I'd gone from working full-time in London, leading groups in church, playing in a netball team, keeping up with loads of friends, going on lots of holidays, and being able to respond positively to lots of calls on my time. But then for a while, in that season of having newborns and toddlers, uh, some days it was a success just to be able to leave the house. And, And if I'm honest, there were days when I found it difficult to be so constrained Bashing our head against the walls of our restrictions or where we feel like we have less than others doesn't serve anyone. We may have a smaller house, literally or metaphorically, than someone else or than we used to, but we can still use it for God's glory, whatever season or stage of life we're in or whatever gifting we feel that we've been given. And we need to choose not to let unfairness or our perception of unfairness paralyze us, but to take the the gifts that God has given us to celebrate them and to use them. The fourth and final thing uh, to draw out from the, the passage, and this is maybe a bit uncomfortable, is that we will be called to account for what we've done with what God has given us. The master in this parable, although he goes away for a long time, he comes back. And when he does, he settles accounts with his servants. And he takes this very seriously. And where he finds faithfulness, he rewards it and gives more responsibility. I've mentioned this already, but notice that the master says exactly the same thing to the two servants who put their money to work. The results are different, but he's pleased with both because each of those first two servants gave it their best. The reaction to the third servant, as we heard, is quite extreme, and the consequences are quite shocking. The master calls him wicked and lazy for choosing comfort and safety over risk and obedience. What he has is taken away, and to add insult to injury, it's given to uh, the one who has the most, and he's thrown out of the master's presence. This makes for quite uncomfortable reading, doesn't it? Those last few verses in the passage, those who have will be given more, and those who don't have, what they do have will be taken away. But again, the context of this is about how we are using our gifts. It's about how seriously God takes the use of our gifts and capacities and capabilities. Those who have more have it because they've invested and made the most of what God has given them. What we do with our lives 
and our resources, our talents and our opportunities matters hugely to God. I think that's probably obvious by now. The world needs what we have to offer. Let me be clear that it's not about earning our salvation. It's not about earning our our way to God. But it is about making the most of what God has given us and using that for his glory and for the benefit of other people as well. And if we do that, we will get to stand before God at the end of our lives and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, for diligently investing what he's entrusted to us. And not only that, but God promises that if we're faithful in a few things, then he will entrust us with stewarding even more. That's what we were created for. What an honour to be able to invest our talents, our abilities, our resources for God's kingdom and to know that he will take them and use them and multiply them. So before we close, let's just take a moment just to talk to God in the silence of our own hearts about some of the things that we've been thinking about and to listen for what he might want to be saying to us today. What gifts has God given you? Are there any gifts that you've buried or laid down in some way that he's calling you to take up again and use for his glory in this season? And where do you need to resist the temptation of comparison? and choose to live joyfully within the constraints and the limitations that you have. So let's just take a moment to reflect and then I'll close in prayer. Father, thank you that we give back to you out of the generosity and blessing that you have given to us. And we pray that you would speak to each of us about how you are calling us in this season of our lives to use our gifts for your glory and give us the courage to do so. Amen.